0: morning, boys and girls. If you can't be an athlete, be an athletic supporter.
1: Run the track! Hey, welcome to our podcast, this is Athletic Supporters. This is Maui. And Kanoa. And this is uh, kind of our first uh, go at this thing, so bear with us. Am I the lower bar?
0: This runs, baby. You Let's get it. are on top. Oh, I am. Okay. So it's
1: getting both of us. Yeah. Sweet. Um, yeah, so I don't know exactly where we're at, but we can, uh, we'll just pick up here. Uh, so I think, you know, we talk about some of the different fears that, that feed your lack of confidence. And so it starts with as an athlete, you need to kind of figure out, okay, what, what are you really worried about? Like, what is causing you to have fear as you enter into the arena? And I think the 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 most common one is the fear of failure mm-hmm. right and and you're I think what a lot of kids don't understand is when it comes to the fear of failure, you know to be scared of failing, um and I think you know it's interesting because I think part of that's nature and part of that's nurture, right? I think kids are born confident.
0: yeah, I mean, would you agree?, yeah. they' ignorantly so right they yeah. they don't know any better, right? Yeah. They
1: haven't lost anybody. They haven't had a coach tell them they're not good enough. They haven't right. had their friends you know, beat on their ego. Mm-hmm. And so I think then nurture starts to kick in and you fail <laughs> We screw it all up. And we yeah. screw it all yeah. up. And so, you know, I, I think part of that, we were lucky enough to have a, a really good coach when we were young that taught us that failure is a part of the game. And, yeah. and playing scared is usually playing passively or, or nervously. And mm-hmm. with that, you you tend to make more mistakes right because now it's like you've got this physiological effect that happens which which is really interesting so i mean no athlete performs well or improves if they're passive
0: yeah it's like a a a, an artist or like a a mentor in the music field when you're just starting out and they say hey just bang these instruments around and just make sounds out of them i've never been a musician but i'm sure that happens it sounds right doesn't It, it? it does the good ones. You good music teachers out there are not your head. Yep. That's how we do it. <laughs> but you, yeah, I feel like uh, coach Brown gave us uh, a, a free pass to make those mistakes. And, and as long as they were done
1: it. at maximum effort yep. and with a full mental capacity, right? So it's like, okay, have you done the homework from a, from a scheme standpoint to know what we're really trying to do either within this drill or against this opponent and once you have that and you're willing to completely sell out with your effort, then failing's okay. Yeah. And, and when you can learn that, I mean, that's such a skill to be able to take through life where it's like, you know what? I just need those two things. I need to make sure that I'm competing at maximum effort and with full attention mm-hmm. and wherever the chips fall, I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, as a coach, that's one thing that I definitely try to teach my players is that, it's okay to fail because that's part of the process of learning a new skill, right? It's about modeling, shaping, reinforcing. and But along, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's like you think about in a basketball game, a team goes down and tries to score. If they don't, that team fails on that possession, right? If that team goes down and scores, the defense fails on that position. So it's mm-hmm. like there's going to be failure on every single basketball possession. Yeah, I mean, in, in baseball, you can be – You know, you can strike or or not hit seven of ten balls or seven to ten pitches or, or, you know, at bats and you're a Hall of Famer.
0: Right. Totally. You're one of the best ever. Totally. I
1: mean, that's a that's a crazy thing.
0: I saw something today while I was supposed to be working uh, on Instagram. I think Uh, it was just a a meme or something that came up, but it was. it's said some of the effect of failure is a part of success. Failure is like a, ne- a necessary part of success. Right. You know, it's part of that process. Yep. Um, I, and I, I love that you brought up the um, preparation as being the probably the most critical component to confidence uh, because everybody can relate to that, whether you were an athlete or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever been unprepared to take a test, you know you you were sweating bullets yeah
1: you're hoping you're sitting next to someone smart yeah
0: exactly who did prepare yeah
1: um so yeah and i think i think one thing that kids uh, athletes and and just people in life need to understand that there's no such thing as a perfectly played game i mean they just you know i i haven't coached or been a part of a game where you can't look at film and pick a lot of things apart that we didn't do right um
0: yeah but having that uh Having that mindset that and that expectation that that failure is going to come and it's an integral part of the process to succeeding, right? Will allow you to get past it instead of you know like you, you talk about the mindset of of the fears that you have. What are you afraid of? Well, those things, th- those fears, uh, only compound and, right. cr- and create more failure over and over and over again. Um, Coach talks about and. I'm sure we'll probably be using Coach Brownisms that are interwoven throughout all these topics, but having um, recovery rituals. Yep. Right. Right. Um, and how that lends itself to, to being able to play with confidence. And, you know, looking at, at some of these bullets that come from that booklet about what a confident athlete is, mm-hmm. one who, these are some of the, the benefits of being a confident athlete, they perform better. They're stronger in pretty much every way. Yep. They're more likely to have fun. Which is a big one to me,
1: right? Because I yeah. think a lot of why we play sports is to have fun. And that gets lost in that nervosa of the fear of failing.
0: Mm-hmm. And I remember that, that uh, brings to mind the saying he used to, to always uh, share with us about having fun is being good right you know and it's a
1: different connotation when you're seven years old than when you're 17 yeah and you know having you know having fun when you're seven is okay well, let's play some games and you know let's all enjoy this moment and and we're having some fun memories and some laughs and yeah there might be some gymnastics that are going on in the back of the line while we're doing a drill and that's okay but then when you get to be about 12 or 13 that definition changes it's having fun is being good
0: yeah for sure but, and and if you lack confidence, or if you're afraid to fail, uh, if you're afraid how you're going to be perceived by others during a uh, a game or a contest, um, then that only breeds more failure. Right. You know. Yeah. And, yeah and, it's just and, compounded, and, compounded, and, yep. and that fear grows, and, and you never get to enjoy the um, the, the benefits uh, or the outcomes of of what confidence does. And so, like, yeah, confidence itself is a compounding thing, right? right? Yep. Because it you're, you're, uh, you're relaxed out there. Um, you know, your confidence is based on pe- previous success, right? Right. Preparation and previous success. And knowing right. that like, Hey, I've, I've done this, I've been in these situations before and I've succeeded. So I'm relaxed. I this can should just be no different. Play. Yeah. yeah, this
1: should be no different. Well, and I think the other thing to talk about when it comes to the fear of failure athlete is there's some people and you, you know, everyone that's listening can probably relate to somebody like this. Maybe it's you, but the the person that is, doesn't, doesn't want to go as hard as they possibly can, or they hinder themselves because they would rather have people say, they'd rather go through life and have people say, could you imagine if so-and-so tried hard, how good they'd be, you know, and, and by putting yourself out there and really giving your absolute best effort and then still falling on your face, I would argue that's way more gratifying than going through life and just going, could you imagine how good Maui would be if he actually tried? And I know people like that. I mean, I grew up with, one of my best friends was like that. He was a kid that was 6'3", 240, ran a 4'6", phenomenal athlete, was good at everything he did, but couldn't quite get to practice on time. Always kind of had an excuse. Uh, couldn't quite get his grades right, even though he was smart enough. And I really think he was one of those guys that would just rather be like, you know what? Could you imagine how good so and so would be if he just mm-hmm. tried?
0: Yeah, and whether whether they're uh, consumed with uh, whether or not people around them are saying that about themselves, they can rest assured that at least they can say that to themselves. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. oh, I didn't really try as hard as I could. Right. But right. it's in the past, and so right. you know, like I was it's, still
1: pretty good at about seventy
0: percent effort. Yeah. Right. But but I could have given more, yeah. and, and 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 it would have been different. Right, right. You know? They you guys, they sort of they think they sidestepped that obstacle right. of like actually. You're lucky I didn't. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: and you know what? I think uh, it it can be nerve wracking sometimes to fall on your face in front of your all those fans and your parents and you know some girl that you want to ask to homecoming. But the real confident athlete knows that that's just part of the process.
0: Dude, and I, I'll say, man, it's. Thinking about these topics uh, through the lens of delivering content in a podcast format has made me evaluate. I've been, you know, with having six kids, five of which five of which are are in sports now. Um, It's a lot of driving. It's a lot of driving. And like I find myself. I'm watching four of them this weekend. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm going to be Uncle Buck.
0: And I, I hope they tune into this podcast before their games because they could all, you know, I mean, who couldn't uh, stand to be more more confident, right? Yeah. Or, or have their confidence tuned in a little bit better. For sure. Whether they're overconfident or lack confidence. Um, but it's really, uh, it's comforting to know, like, when I'm thinking about all these different things, like, man, should I really be investing all this money, you know, and taking time away from other endeavors to invest in sports, when you know sometimes as a parent as a coach as a player you can leave the game or the or the competition with a not so good feeling in your stomach and so it causes me to like evaluate like why am i doing this but coming back and and honing in on these topics um it reminds me how critical these these life lessons are and how there's really no better forum than competitive team sports right to learn these things like there's no there's no better uh you know a uh, testing ground or proving ground right you know because really it really
1: doesn't it doesn't matter what happens right so right. it doesn't matter so it's okay to fail but it doesn't matter so also it takes a lot to really give everything to that because at the end of the day you know it doesn't really matter especially if you're somebody who's probably not going to get a scholarship or going to go make money doing this so why would you do this yeah right, right. and so but the reward is so exponentially and will you will carry you through life in so many ways and so that's why that's kind of the basis of our podcast is there's so many things that we can derive from our from our team sports experience that we apply every single day and sometimes you just need to revisit it
0: yeah yeah and so it it gave me a a, i guess a renewed uh, sense of of why we're doing this and why we devote so much time and money and effort and all that stuff now it's a matter as a parent of channeling myself the right way, you know, and trying to get my point across and keeping the the outcome and the objective like squarely in my sights, you know. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise it's really not worth it. If right. it's just going to break down relationships between me and my kids, it's not worth it. And yeah. they're not going to get the life lessons no. and I'm going to be frustrated, then yeah. Don't book the trip to Florida. Well, you're or, lucky. Or,
1: your, or kids are, your kids do a pretty good job of, of, of receiving that information. And and I think you do a good job of framing it. And I think that's one of the reasons we do this is because we're dads and we want to get better at being able to del- deliver this information in an organic setting. Yeah. And so what better way to, than to have our millions of listeners uh,
0: Yeah. here at
1: first. So uh, we talked about fear of failure. Now you've got fear of success. And this is an interesting thing. And some people might not agree that it is actually a thing, but I I, I think it really is. I mean, how many teams can you think of that year in and year out they lose in the quarterfinals or they lose in the semis or they lose in the NFC championship game? It happens a lot, and I think a lot of it is based on these high expectations that it's like, oh, my gosh, do I have to do this again? Mm -hmm. What if we win? Do we have to replicate that next year? Right. And, you know, and I, I look at our team, Eastside Catholic. We just won the state championship, and we've got most of our good players coming back. Now, we're, we lost some great seniors and, and just tremendous leaders and great kids, but we're going to have some pretty high expectations coming into next year. Mm-hmm. And we're probably going to have eight, nine Division one offered Power Five conference players, mm-hmm. and you got to do something with that as coaches. And so I know as coaches we feel pressure. Yeah. Um, I don't think our kids do as much, but I think that's why they're good. Yeah. That's one of the reasons they're good. So interesting, that one, right? Fear For of sure. success.
0: For sure. Because it's like, it's it's so taxing. Like That's why n- not everybody gets to hold that trophy at the end of the year. Right. And when you look at all the inputs as coaches and as players, um, like you, you're redlining so much, yeah. you know, yep. and you're pushing yourself to the limits so much that it can be daunting to think of having to run it all back from, from ground zero and doing it again. Yep. Um, It's tough. It can be tough to stare that down, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the, the next one is fear of injury. And I think, especially in football and I, maybe in basketball too, but I, I see it with contact sports. I mean, you know, both Kano and I have a karate background and I think if you're not meeting pressure with pressure you're not meeting force with force and you can get into the whole inertia you know, yeah. immovable object, unstoppable force conversation. You
0: will get into that stuff too. Cause you're like a freaking <laughs> you're like Alexa sometimes. Oh dude.
1: man. I don't know about that. Get
0: ready for that audience. Dude. He'll <laughs> throw some, he'll throw some definitions out at you that you'd be like, you know, well,
1: what, dude. the fear of injury though. I, I, the kids that I see that tend to suffer some strange injuries are the ones that don't go as hard as the person they're competing against. Yeah. I,
0: I will say from experience that, um, uh, yes, there's, there's that one, the one, uh, that is tentative because they're just unsure. They've never done it before, like full go. Right. Um, the other is the fear of re-injury, right? Or I've had an injury or I had a bad experience and so I'm never going to do that again. I'm right. never going to stick my face in there again, you yep. know?
1: Yep. And that's a tough one yeah. from, you know, from a mental health standpoint or just, you know, mental toughness. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about ACLs, and that's yeah. got to be one of the toughest things. And it's interesting because you and I snowboard a lot together, and mm-hmm. you have had, you know, blown out your knee snowboarding, no less. Yeah. Uh, it was snowboarding, right?
0: It was snowboarding, yeah.
1: And you ride as hard as anybody I ride with. I don't ride with a lot of people though, but but right. you ride
0: hard. But I ride the hardest. You bro. ride hard, and and
1: I, I I'm always impressed by that. Because well, dude,
0: what's funny though is so when I after I after I injured myself, I tried to come back and play football at Pou, mm-hmm. and dude, like I I even knew within myself I did try to come back too early, it was and early the train the training staff there was not great. I'm pretty sure it was misdiagnosed. Like yeah, they were just like oh sprained knee, but I couldn't walk for like a month, and my whole leg was blue. Right. I was in the ice bath like every night anyway but when I did come back i was i was I was good enough to be able to run and cut and stuff yep but I just couldn't do it mentally yep I couldn't and it was like it was this this freaking wall that I just couldn't break through anymore it was a weird thing well, and I think
1: you know when you when you have a fear of injury, you have a tendency to not take as many risks right yeah. you're not going to put yourself in the same position and so and fewer risk equates in the passive play and which directly leads
0: to less success. So I mean, they, they just tend to compound each other. Um, and, and probably more injury, especially in physical sports where you have an opponent, like if it's an individual sport, you know, you're just, you're just not as good. Yeah. You're just not as good. Yep. Like you don't get to that backhand in tennis, right? Right. Like, but if it's football and you got to like come off the edge or set the edge yep. and you're not wor- you're not sure if you can make that, then you're going to get swallowed right. up. Yep. <laughs>
1: um, okay. So you got fear. This is a big one. Fear of what others will think. And I, you know, gosh, I think this ties directly into the social media age that we live in where it's like post this picture and yeah. just sit by my phone and see how many likes I
0: get. Yeah. The kid that has... 50 offers and the kid that has zero offers and how differently they, they can play. Right. The right. kid with 50 offers, all of a sudden he plays like, he's freaking. Like got got fricking offers. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or he plays like super tentatively. Right. Because he's got 50 offers. Right. And yeah, it's like, I can't way. screw up. Right. Totally. Versus the kid that's like, bro, I got nothing to lose. Right. Nobody knows my name. Yeah. You I'm know? running
1: through this wall. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, so i think there's a lot of athletes that are more concerned about what other people think and you know it's teammates coaches friends fans uh and they're more concerned about what they what those those people think or say about themselves than what their actual self-talk is about um and you know again it goes i i think this leads to physiological um downfalls when it comes to your performance i mean you're just not going to be as good and it's not just it's not just a mental thing i think that it's such a strong mental thing that it becomes a physical thing right there's physiological effects to that mm-hmm. um so yeah i you know fear of what others think it's just you know the reality is, is you're going to be playing in a game and you're going to have a girl up in the stands that you want to ask to a dance um your girlfriend might be up there your mom your dad and and it really can play with your mind.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, some of the traits that that coach calls out traits of, of confidence builders, mm-hmm. this is important for, for leaders, for coaches, um, for managers, right? Anybody who's in that position of yep. authority to be encouragers. Um, I love
1: the word encourage. Cause if you think about the word encourage, it means to give courage. Yeah, right. I mean, that's how you break down that word. And so mm-hmm. it's like everyone kind of just brushes over in courage, but it literally means to give courage. I yeah. think that's a cool thing.
0: Yeah. And and one of the ways the next trait uh, highlighted here is to model that behavior. Yep. So to give someone courage like is to show them. Yep. Right. Like here. Here's how you do it. Yeah. Right? Um, and removing fear from competition, competition, like just go out and play. Just, just go play. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that, you know, it kind of goes back to, it's like the most competitive people have been around. They tend to have the most fun. Yeah. Right. They're enjoying themselves. You can see them smile. It's like the, yeah. the, the arena is not too big for them.
0: Right. Can laugh when they trip over themselves and, totally. and fall down where the other kid who like just barely gets off the bench is freaking out and mortified if he makes that same mistake. Right. Right. And a lot of people don't, yeah, that's
1: one thing. And I remember this, this reminds me of my first play high school football and, I was a 10th grader and I was a tight end and I shifted from one side to the other and I tripped right when I, and I'm literally the only player moving on the field because I was in motion. And so I and I tripped and I got back up so quickly and I remember thinking, Dude. oh my gosh, all my friends are gonna make fun <laughs> of me. This is so embarrassing. That was my very first high school play at Lake Washington High School, 1990.
0: Neck roll was three. just pulsating. Uh, Neck yeah. roll was. It was that, an era. I had that six I had, inches. Yeah, bro, we had the
1: jersey tucked up. I mean, I look fly. You popped up so quick. So did quick. anyone even notice? So no one up? in the stands. I asked them because I, you know, we all go to McDonald's after the game, and yeah. I'm like, tell me, you guys saw the first play? And everyone's like, what happened? What happened? Which tells me that probably no one was really watching the game right. that much. But uh, it's funny how much stress you put on yourself because that really kind of stuck with me. And I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but it bothered me for a little while. I mean, it didn't affect me too much, but yeah. it was in the back of my mind. And, you know, I, I was really looking forward to asking people. And I, I was ready to field some high school, you know, uh, just kids making fun of me. About yeah, it, you know? and, right. I, you know, I... I we didn't have a lot of kids that did that to us because, uh, for whatever reason, but, uh, that was, that worried me. And so, and yeah. it turned out no one really saw it. So I think, you know, when you think about that f- fear of what others think. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they don't even think that. Yeah. They're not even paying attention. Right. right.
0: So we build it up so much in our own minds. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a good one. I, I remember that vividly because, uh, I remember being in in junior high, and something about seeing you at the high school level, uh, it just seemed so much more glorious than it ever had been before. And you know, w- we had come up watching with some really good Redmond teams, you know, in both football and basketball mm-hmm. for years and watching. But it was something different about seeing your own brother out there. It was it was it was incredible. I'll never forget that the. The first game, I think it was. Did you guys play at Highline Stadium? Was that your?
1: That was our. That was our Jamboree. jamboree. Yeah.
0: That was the first one. Sophomores oh, yeah. and junior class yeah. only. Brand yeah. new school.
1: Brand new school. Had okay. no idea what we were gonna do. Scored yeah. a touchdown. I did. Dude, you guys. You guys it freaking- just sounded like Yoda. Scored a touchdown. I did.
0: <laughs> you guys. You guys freaking put it down though. Yeah. For the Platte.
1: Yeah, that that one. That was there was. I mean, there were a couple of teams there that were tough, and so yeah, yeah. that's that's interesting. So. Uh, Talking about confidence here, Athletic Supporters Yeah, let's get
0: back on freaking track here. Uh, No, this is good. This is good. good. We we riff. riff. I like it.
1: Um, So I I think one thing that I, I hope if you're listening to this and you're an athlete that you really understand is if you have a fear of failure, if you have a fear of what others say about you or a fear of success or whatever it is, the great news is, is you have total control over your competitive mindset. So you can just decide literally by the end of this podcast that you want to have a competitive mindset.
0: Yeah. And I think it's cool. It's not the end of the world. It's not something worth beating yourself up over. The fact that you, like, for instance, you dwelling over tripping when you went in motion. Yep. It's still sa- it still haunts me. It's, it says that you care. Right. You know? Yeah. So it's a matter of, like, how you perceive those things. And, like, like so what are you going to do with it now? Like, okay, dwell on it. Uh, just long enough to be able to fix whatever the mistake it was. And if, if it just means you needed to just relax a little bit or have yep. like some different pregame rituals I blame something. the turf. I it think did. there was thick paint Dude, on it the was, hash mark. But, L-Dub was one of the early 90s. You know, we were in that era where like AstroTurf, somebody was making a killing going out selling AstroTurf on, you know, in oh, ra- yeah. rainy areas. Well, and
1: then they had turf shoes, and I feel like I those were just sticky sometimes. And it
0: was dry, which yeah. is weird dude yeah. astroturf and salt
1: oh astroturf was the worst and salt in the wounds they were oh. in cahoots
0: dude it was the astroturf guys selling like you know what 40, was the 40 salt grit for? sandpaper
1: just to make us all miserable the salt or was it-
0: guy showed up right behind the turf guy oh. like hey bro you got that you, you need to absorb that <laughs> i got your solution oh. baby
1: so so yeah competitive mindset you can ch- you can choose to have it uh, it's much harder to become faster, to become stronger, or to really improve your physical skill set. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely can change your mindset. Yeah. I, I, if you take one thing away from that, from this podcast, I hope it's that. Um, you know, one thing that I think about when you talk about the comp- competitive mindset is uh, from John Wooden's Pyramid of Success. The And it's I love this because Coach Brown, and I'll never, ever forget this, but I was in ninth grade and I was one of the captains of the junior high football team. And he had some of the leaders, not just the captains, but some of the, just the ninth grade leaders. Uh, he handed us different pieces of the pyramid of success. And he would say, so at the end of practice, I got one that was competitive greatness. And he said, Hey, I want you to talk to the team about this tomorrow for five minutes, two minutes, whatever. And I just want your take on it. And it was really interesting because I love that it. it gave me competitive greatness. And it basically just means being at your best when your best is needed. And I think about, you know, bro, you
0: were a dude. If you got that, that that's rap. what I, I tell you. I that's felt what, that's pretty good. That's, yeah, pyramid, that's a baby. big deal. So I, 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 felt I didn't good. get that one. <laughs> uh,
1: but I, you know, I think about the state championship that we just uh, won and Sam Adams uh, really displayed that competitive greatness. And I, Mm-hmm. But you've got to have competitive confidence to be able to really do that. And, um, you know, and I think with that, you can you can talk about uh, the, you know, there might be some some game slippage between practice and an actual game setting, right? I mean, how many athletes have you been around or you coached? And I think maybe even, you know, that are in our family that we can talk about, where they practice really, really hard and really, really well, mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite carry over. And the uh, the term that they use in the booklet here is game slippage. Yeah. You know, and it refers to just a slight drop in physical performance from practice to the game. And why does that happen? Yeah. You know, and, and I think, it, you know, it, it comes down to being able to practice at game speed, which a lot of that falls on the coach.
0: Mm-hmm. But I think
1: – you can just decide that that's how fast you want to practice, right? Yeah. It doesn't, it's, it's separate of the coach.
0: Yeah. Well, and like, you know, we were talking with, with Anuhea earlier, uh, my oldest daughter, who's a sophomore at Southern no, high no. school, big up newts. Um, uh, but she, she was pretty open in admitting that that the audience um, sort of changes her and, and she probably doesn't even realize how much so, right? But f- yep. physiologically, like molecularly, right. she changes. And you can see it. Like if you were to film her with no one around in the gym doing the same motion, same action versus in a high school arena, gym, with parents, coaches, refs there, like two completely different things, Absolutely. two completely different athletes.
1: Well, and I think performance slippage is okay because you're going to play in games where – Athletes are just better than you.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's
1: going to happen. I mean, half the teams in America lose every night. Yeah. And so there's going to be performance slippage, but I think what we saw with Anu is confidence slippage, Mm -hmm. right? There was, she, you could see it. You Mm -hmm. could see that ball leaving her fingers less confidently as she was passing to the wing, and it's like, yeah, eh, eh, And ah. and
0: therefore, more slowly right right and later than it normally would because she thought about that pass a little too much like yep yeah all the all those all those things play into it
1: i mean you gotta you gotta play well right and and, you know the it's it's not always the person or the team that's the most talented that wins it's the team that played better yeah in that game right right? i mean that's the reality right and and i've coached for teams that are more talented that lost yeah And so it can be very frustrating, but is it due to performance slippage or is it due to confidence slippage? And you just hope as a coach that it's never due to confidence Mm -hmm.
0: slippage. Well, and I, 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 tend to gravitate back toward things that are, um, tangible and actionable, like as it relates to, you know, to myself as an athlete and as a parent of athletes, like what, what can, What can we do? What can you do to actually impact the situation and change it? Right. And going back to to preparation, you know, like if if you were if you're preparing for a job interview and you put in, you know, several hours, you research the company you're applying for and the position that you're going for. um, You know, you knew your background, like the back of your hand and had all those nice little Stories, right? right. Those win stories. You had those all like teed up and ready to go. Tell me a time where you failed. Yeah. Dude, you're right. walking into that job interview like the man, right? right. Um, so, like, what I'm trying to tell Anu and them is like, just prepare as much as you can. Like, time is a gift that that God gives all of us for however long He gives it to us. Right. And it's your choice. If you want to do that to become a better dribbler or whatever, or right. be better conditioned, that's your prerogative to do that. And it's going to make you, whatever you choose to do, if it's related to the sport or activity that you're in right now, um, and you devote time to getting better at it, it's going to make you naturally more confident. Right. right? Incremental. I mean, even just,
1: just little things. Right? Yeah. We talked about, you know, if you're not a good dribbler, then get up and do five or ten minutes of two ball drills in the garage. Yeah. And it's, you know, your skill set, the physical skill set isn't going to increase exponentially. But your confidence is. Yeah. And if you've already got a little bit of skill set, but your confidence isn't good. So you're getting game slippage, your performance is slipping, then try to offset that a little bit with some preparation so that you go, hey, you know what? I've seen this, I've done this, I've dribbled two balls, I can dribble one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean if you're playing sports at, at like the high school varsity level, then I would argue that you're a, a coordinated enough and athletic enough to see incremental gains in your preparation. And, and actually see them uh, manifest quicker than you, than you think, you know, like if, if Anu goes out and does 10 minutes of two ball dribble drills hard as she can in the morning, I, I feel like in a week, next week when she's dribbling to practice, she'd notice it. Right. You know, cause she already knows how to do it. Right. But her confidence is
1: hindering her full capabilities. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's good. So, Preparation is key. Really take an inventory on what your your strengths and your weaknesses are. Uh, I think one of the biggest pitfalls you can fall into is you don't want to let what you cannot do interfere with what you can do. Mm-hmm. So you, part of that is realizing, okay, what is my role on the team? And if your role isn't to be a confident dribbler, then just go be really great at being a screener and offensive rebounder. And then just move the ball out of your hands and go back and, you know, right. and get, grab it off the rebound and that thing's coming off the rim, go bite the ball.
0: Right. Otherwise, guess what? You just don't play. Yeah. You just decided not to play. Yep. If you let what you can't do control you, uh, then no one gets to see what you can do. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I
1: think I think it's it's you got to really take an, uh, an inventory of what you're good at and what you're not good at in, in reference to a sport you're playing or whatever challenge you are, you know, taking on you got to go, okay, what do I do? Well, and what do I not do? Well, and I think all too often, especially in athletics, people get caught up in the Oh, I'm not very good at this. And so I'm going to spend so much time getting better at that. And it's like, I don't know, I think you need to just kind of, you need to always work on what you're good at, because Mm -hmm. you do it well. And it's like, you could be really good at that. And that's your role on the team. Yeah, You know, it's like, I'm never going to be 610. I'm never going to be dunking from the free throw line but I'm going to fight for every offensive rebound and I'm going to screen the crap out of you. Right. You're going to get, you're going to get these bows, baby.
0: Yeah. I love what, what coach says here under, under the mindset of confident competitors without the guts to take a chance. You can't play. No, you'll be on the sideline. Yeah. You have to learn, uh, to be fearless in in that regard. Otherwise you'll, you'll just, uh, relegate yourself to, to being a, a, you know, on the sidelines in the stands,
1: confident athletes get to play and low confident athletes are on the sideline. Yeah. You know, one, one thing that I've seen with the team that I'm coaching now with, with so many talented athletes. In fact, we're going to have one on our next podcast. He's got like 4,000 offers and, um, I don't know. He's got like 10,000 Instagram followers. I'm fairly confident he can walk on water, but we'll find out. (laughs) um, he, uh, but you know, there there's some fearless competitors that I get to be around, and they just love the arena and they love the battle, and it doesn't seem like any stage is too big for them, mm-hmm. right? They're they're just they and they enjoy themselves. I mean,
0: well, I heard him before pregame of the state championship. Uh, he was talking with a teammate about something, and I don't know if the guy asked him if he was nervous or anything, or if he or, uh, if he was getting jitters, and he was like, man. I've gone against the best in the nation. It's right. Like, this is nothing. Right. This is a team we beat earlier this season.
1: That's profound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. You've seen it. I've seen this all play out, yeah. and, and I've won a lot yeah. of them, Yeah, uh, if not most of them. And, you know, I think there's an interesting juxtaposition between fearless competitors that love the arena and they love the battle, and they're not afraid of failure, whereas the low-confident athlete plays to not lose. Yeah. Right? And you see that a lot with teams, and it's like that just constantly looking up at the clock and it's like, Oh my gosh, we're up eight. And it's like, there's two minutes left. We just got to hold on mm-hmm. instead of just doing what you do, what you did to get there. Yeah. So that, you know, that low confident athlete will always play to not make a mistake. And that can really, really hinder you. I, I like Brett Favre's got a quote. It's a, uh, it, you know, it's perfect. Brett Favre. It just says, I'm not intimidated by interceptions. You know that guy would sling that ball anywhere. No kid that's you know 18 or under is gonna actually know who we're talking about,
0: mm-hmm. Favre. Dude, so the, I know this isn't a gospel podcast, but I was thinking of uh, the parable of the talents. It's one of the only parables. You know, it's I funny know. we were
1: just talking about that last week, and it's like the really? five talents and three yeah. talents and one talent.
0: Yeah. So and I don't I don't know if this is New Testament or. Uh, Book of Mormon, or was that what? Ezekiel? No, what was know. that? I don't know. I feel like just throwing this out here, we're gonna be blessed for it, though. We will, right? We will. Yeah. So anyway, the the parable of the talents, which is that, um, uh, the Lord gave three men um different denominations of money, mm-hmm. and he gave a wealthy, successful guy, uh, like uh, five. Uh, and talents. I think it, it doesn't matter what the unit of measurements, yeah, right? right? It can
1: be, it can be skills. It can yeah. be we give him five
0: things right. that are of value. Yeah. He gave him five. He gave another guy, you know, we'll call him like blue collar guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave him two and then gave this poor beggar one, which is like, if you don't, if you don't listen to the end of it, you're like, Oh, that's just a, that's an a-hole dude. Right. Why didn't he give them all to the poor guy? Right. right? <laughs> uh, but the guy that the rich guy that he gave the five talents to the guy went off and multiplied those, right? Right. And 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 made made moves, made things happen, um, made way more out of those talents. Um, the guy that he was that he gave two to I don't know what he do. He he did uh, he did something similar, but on sort of a lesser level. He was sort of like almost playing not to lose. Right. And the poor guy buried his. Right. He was he was absolutely playing not to lose. <laughs> right. You know, um, and he wasn't rewarded for that because he missed the point entirely. Right. Right. It's yep. like, don't just don't just take this and say this is this is all it's ever going to be. I've just got this narrow view. Right. right. It's like, no, man. The, yeah, that's playing totally full of the fear fear of
1: failure. Yeah. Yeah. You just go, well, I'm going to walk away with this yeah. one as this opposed is my to net. making five, my, making it 25. Yeah. Um, you know, I, one thing that always reminds me of coach Brown and he actually said this to me when I was in eighth grade and I was starting to make some poor choices and hanging out with the wrong crowd. And it's that old, uh, adage, uh, you hang with dogs and you will end up with fleas. And so, and you know, a lot of people have different ways of saying that where they, you know, they'll say, you know, you are the sum of the five people that you hang around the mm-hmm. most. Um, But, you know, there's been times where I've coached basketball and I've kept some tough kids that might not have the most basketball skill set, but the other athletes just walk taller when they're with them, right? You can just see them when they walk in the gym. They just take air in their chest and they're Mm -hmm. just like, all right, we got him. Yeah, he might not be able to go five out because he doesn't have a lot of ball skills, but he will eat your face under the hoop. And, in fact, it reminds me of this kid, Devin, that I used to coach, and you remember him mm-hmm. well. But we had a rule with Devin, and he was so athletic, but his, his offensive skill set was not there. Um, but the rule with Devin Unless was – Unless he was
0: around the rim. If he, yeah. if he could get you know two feet from the rim, yeah.
1: But the rule with Devin was he couldn't take the first shot in a possession. Right. That was the rule. So it told him two things. Uh, one, that he, Coach probably doesn't have a lot of faith in my offensive skill set. But more importantly, it tells him that – go get an offensive rebound and then you can eat it. Then it's all you can eat then right. it's A Devin buffet.
0: Yeah. Cause a lot of Devins on a lot of teams don't get to take any shot in right. their possession right. ideally. Right. right. If the coach right. has his way, but Devin, it was like, it was cool that what you did, you were, you were rewarding his effort and his and putting him in the right position to use his skill set. And it absolutely way,
1: right? blew up in my face one time because I think other teams started
0: to realize what
1: the Devin rule was. And he got a pass at the block and he was wide open. He could have literally drop stepped and dunked it. And he looked at me on the bench. Do You yeah. remember that? Remember yeah. when he looked at us and he's just yeah. like, uh, and he passed it out. And then I think they shot and missed it and he grabbed the other one and then probably dunked it. But yeah. And, and I laughed about that. And that's, that's, oh, those are the memories I absolutely love as a yeah. coach, but you know, you hang with dogs and you'll end up with fleas. And, and so I think it's about surrounding yourself with confident competitors. You're going to be a more confident competitor. And, and you're going to go through life and you're going to have people that build up your confidence that are, that are confidence builders and you're going to have people that are confidence cutters. And you need to know how to stand up for yourself against those confidence cutters. And I think part of that as a, as a young athlete is you need to learn how to – you got to be comfortable talking to adults. I think you've got to be able to interact with a coach or a parent on an adult level that gives, you know, that'll give you strength. You know, it's okay to express your opinion and stand up for yourself, you know, as long as you're doing it in a relaxed but confident manner. And so, you know, I I, I always respect kids that can come up and tell me how they feel in a mature way so that we can get somewhere. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause you're going to have confidence cutters. There's going to be coaches that just don't say things the right way or they mother F you. Right. And, and you've got to be able to train yourself to hear what is being said and not how it's said and separate right. the, Oh my gosh, this person is absolutely attacking me. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, we're talking about what happened in the game. And if you're confident, you know that it's not that important. I mean, I think that's one thing that's amazing with confident athletes is they want to win as bad as anybody in the room, but they're okay with losing. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a Mm -hmm. weird thing. It's like, I don't think the most confident people are the people that cry after every single loss. Yeah. They, they keep things into perspective because they prepared well, they practiced their butts off and they knew that they put everything out on the line. And it's like, what else is there? What are you going to cry about? Mm hmm. I, th- I think, yeah, that, dude,
0: you know, it's, there there were a lot of times where I thought to myself, I'm like, uh, that there was maybe something wrong with me that I didn't get as emotional over, uh, over losses, right? As, as other people maybe did, or, or at least as other people showed. I, I questioned myself, like, do, do I really care as much about it? And I think, like, just, just hearing that and, and looking at some of this content sort of confirms that, no, I, I just, I knew that that some you lose. Right. (laughs) You know, it's just the way it goes. They love to
1: win, but they don't fear losing,
0: the the confident athletes. I mean,
1: that's how you have to operate in life.
0: But I do, but I do freaking, uh, you know, have memories of some of those plays that I left out there oh of course you know that yeah. that haunts you
1: oh there's yeah there's regret <laughs> yeah for sure regret is a very real thing I,
0: th- I think of I think of those moments a lot more than I do any loss you yeah. know as, as a team um I'm gonna go cry a little bit no. I love the uh I don't know how long we've been on this John. I don't know I think we'll keep going keep here but going yeah on. add a
1: few things and we can wrap this thing up
0: yeah I, I love uh some of these bullets here on how parents can help confidence well that's a
1: that's a big piece too because i think what we've been talking about really we're referencing a lot of the playing with confidence booklet for athletes to read but but coach brown has done two of those books and one of them is how athletes can get better so it's like you know if you're an athlete yourself you read this booklet but if you're a parent or a coach trying to teach confidence that's what those bullet points are from
0: yeah and and you know i'll I'll just go through a couple of them that, that stand out uh, don't do things for for your kid, your athlete, that they can do for themselves. Um, don't protect them from failure. Encourage healthy risk taking. It it conjures up that chapter from Jordan Peterson's book that I think you were reading. That mm-hmm. I, I just finished that one. Twelve. It's rules hard for to read. Something. It is. It's, it's even harder. I mean, it's just to.
1: it's a really intellectual book. I yeah. feel I feel dumb. I know. I was dude. reading it on the plane ride home from Cabo, and I'm like, I he's a literary. I'm not
0: intelligent he's a literary master like his he vocabulary knows everything is crazy. Yeah. yeah crazy uh, but the chapter uh don't interrupt your or don't uh stop your kids from skateboarding or something like totally. that." totally yeah like you, you gotta let your kids take some risks and i think in in that chapter he talks about some kids that are like pretty high level skateboarders and they're doing some to to, to the common man these are death-defying stunts like they're you know, kick-flipping five stairs or ten-stair rails. Right. And, and probably some of the falls look pretty nasty. But, like, you've seen skate videos, you know, yeah. as a, um, as a former hammered. Zoomies manager. Yeah, well, uh, shout-out. Tom Campion. <laughs> shout-out to Zoomies. Shout-out to Tom Campion. Um, but, like, those guys, they've learned how to fall, right? Right. If you or I went out there and kick flip the ten stair, we'd break our freaking shit. Yeah, like, we'd, be done. Right? we'd be done.
1: Yeah, we'd be done.
0: But like, yeah, they they they're in their element. They're doing their thing, and so to them, it's healthy risk taking. And that's and the fact that in the in the uh, chapter, he's like he calls out the fact that they're not wearing helmets because it's not cool. Yeah, but it also ups the intensity factor. You know, it's uh, well. I mean, the fear of failure too. It's kind of like as a parent, why would you? Why would you not let them
1: take risks, especially in we're talking about high school athletics, even at a high level, like Eastside Catholic, where we're ranked number one in the state and all this stuff. It's like if they fail, they just show up to practice the next day. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. right? Right. There's no I mean, it's just when you really think about where your kids, where you want them to take risks. I'm thinking it's
0: there, mm-hmm.
1: right? I don't want them to take risks with schoolwork and other things like that. Like that needs to be dialed.
0: Yeah. And the thing that, that I like pull my hair out about sometimes, um, cause I ha- I have a couple of kids that, that I, I think they would admit, uh, that, that they, that they hold back a little bit, you know, in competition. And the real risk is that opportunity cost. It's right. what you, it's, it's what you don't give yep. on the field. Right. Yep. Cause like, yeah, dude, if you, if you bust your teeth falling on the floor, like you can fix your teeth, you know, you can get implants, you can get, you you can get that grill looking nice, but, but you can't go back in time. Yeah. You, you can't go back in time and sell out again you can't bring all those people back in the gym and say hang on i actually can do this better yeah i can play hard everyone come back right like it just doesn't it doesn't happen again
1: well and and you know just that first bullet point don't do things for them that they can do for themselves and that's something as simple as packing their baseball equipment in the bag right i mean they go to practice that day and they don't have their catcher's mitt yeah that probably won't happen again and we're talking about kids that i mean that's not a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, but they to, go
0: with farmer Fran and have to run laps. And it's like, there you go. There you kid. go. Yeah. You, you won't do it next time.
1: And you know, going back to Jordan Peterson's book, uh, 12 rules for life. Is that what it's called? Right? So, yeah, I think so. Uh, great book. Uh, but if you want your kid to be able to cut an apple, they have to cut apples. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you want them to be able to use a stove, then you gotta use, let them use a stove, and so, mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing with society these days that's really, really tough is we are just coddling kids, and I'm right. guilty of it myself.
0: Yeah, me too. But
1: you need to hand them a knife and say, "Here, yeah. go cut the apple." I mean, we just, you know, our generation that wasn't as big of a problem. Were our parents just lazy, or did yeah, they not- dude,
0: it's like when you go camping and you're camping next to some family that's like a little, little country. You know, mm-hmm. and you see like an eleven-year-old kid like changing the oil on mom's right. van or something, ripping like, up the chainsaw. Yeah, and we just stand and all like, how did you teach your kid how to do this? Right? Was there were there training courses? This right. Like, <laughs> like no, just you know, Jed was just out there just dinking around with a saw one day. He's fine. He'll be fine. He's got a lot of Jeff. To him. <laughs> dude. Yeah, I, I'm I'm trying to get better at that, but uh, but it's hard because. Uh, yeah, I th- I don't know. It's a society because you don't want them to thing, cut I their guess. fingers off. Yeah, I mean, there's
1: a lot of things, but I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot of kids walking around with no fingers.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, so. But there, yeah, and there's clearly no better way for kids to learn than by doing. Like you, you got to you know, do it. Yeah, you you got to you got to release
1: go. you got to release them to uh, the whole situation. They got to release them to the game. Release them to the coach. Release them to the team. Hey, I gotta, I gotta say, I think this was a pretty good first podcast,
0: dude. I, yeah, we weren't
1: as funny as I thought we were going to be. This was a little, but this is a serious subject confidence. Yeah. We sprinkled in a few laughs.
0: I think what we're going to find is when we bring in somebody serious to talk about something they're good at talking then we'll about, be the boneheads. Yeah. Them. Yeah. We'll be not paying very much attention. Just waiting yeah. to freaking. just waiting for some, that next joke. Yeah, and boy. Just throw
1: some daggers out. Uh, so <laughs> again, no, this is good, dude. The, um, the booklet is "Playing with Confidence" by Proactive Coaching, uh, written by Bruce Brown. This the one we were referring to today was for athletes to read. Um, there's another one that's playing for confidence, and it's uh, playing with confidence, and it's referring to parents and how you actually teach it. But I think it's extremely pertinent in the society that we're in. I don't feel like we are getting more confident as a society. I think it's the other way around. And we've got to figure out a way to head that thing off at the pass. I'll tell you what
0: I think. I think there's a uh, there's a disappearing middle class, if you will, in confidence. Yeah, you're there right. There are there are a few. There are some. There's the one percenters. Right. Right.
1: That are very confident. Yeah. And then you're right. I think that's. And a then good there's point. a bunch there's of
0: them. the rest of us that are looking at our feeds, going, "Man, that guy's yeah, life is I so only rad." Got you 12 know, twelve
1: likes on that picture. That was the best picture I've taken in a month.
0: Yeah. I feel like we displayed some of the characteristics that we were talking about. We did. Dude, like prior to actually locking in our first podcast, I had anxiety as I'm listening to podcasters that I enjoy. It was actually funny. I was listening to one today where he uh, sometimes he has guests. Sometimes he just goes solo. And he was talking about how a lot of times he uh, has a lot, has anxiety when a guest is coming on because he's like, I feel like I have to know more stuff. Right. You know, he's like, when it's just me, I can just freaking just puke be on the mic. A little right. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. You, know? you
1: feel like you need to be this subject matter expert. If right. You're gonna bring a person in. I'm like, I got to have a few things to riff off of with him, And yeah. Yeah. But
0: no. I feel like it took enough. We, we should be confident in the fact that we were both athletes on varying levels. You yep. were better. Uh, I'll I, say was, that. No, I was just um, a little bigger. But, but we spent our whole lives in, involved in sports. We're parents of kids that are, you know, in sports. We've right. coached, coached. You still coach. Many years, yep. And so we, have, we, we, we should have enough confidence to be able to talk about these subjects. And Absolutely. so why not? We don't have journalism degrees. You don't? I, I don't. Okay. I don't, I don't either. Well, Wait, I'll you know tell what?
1: you what. You prepared very well for this interview because you got the job, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, no, we don't. And uh, a lot of them don't. And I think I think this is gonna be great. I think yeah. for our our maiden voyage, I'm I'm happy with this. I hope a few people listen. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't, then um, no, you will. It's you will. It's gonna be great. And we're gonna get funnier. We're gonna have other people on. Lots of guests. And uh, this is gonna be a fun journey for us.
0: Yeah, for sure, dude. This um, is enjoyable. We probably I, did like an hour and a half. Dude, we did a long one. It was a long one, man. Yeah. All just gold, too. Why so, do we get paid hourly again? Well, I don't know. But whatever you're hourly? getting, I'm doubling it. <laughs>
1: yes. um, so I think uh, we'll sign off. Again, this is Athletic Supporters. And yeah.
0: uh, if you can't be
1: one, support one. Support one by George. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, Maui. And Kanoa. And we are signing off. Dang.
0: Oh.
1: Hmm. Yeah i oh,